One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the Ausbiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hello, hello. You're listening to the COB Podcast here at Ausbiz. I'm your host, David Scott, joined today by Annette Beecher. Annette, uh, look, another day, another big rally. Another day, another planking rally. Yesterday, planking at one. Today, a third of a percent all day. And we were waiting for another peel off at the end, but it didn't happen. In fact, it actually had a bit of a tailwind right at the end. At the 11th hour, Unity went from nowhere to closing up 11 percent thanks to Macquarie having a go. Yeah, and those pesky Canadians, PSB Investments, the latest to go and what, not Brookfield? Yeah, not Brookfield. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they'll bid for it next. Who probably knows? Next. It's, it's probably the next one will come up with this. But yeah, our PSB Investments and Macquarie, you can sort him there lobbying a five buck a share uh, takeover there for Unity. Uh, that uh, values the uh, the telecoms uh, equity stake at three point six billion dollars. So bidding will underway after Morrison and Co. when it lobbed an offer a couple of weeks back. So that was the standout performer of the day. Uh, at the other end of the spectrum, uh, we did see uh, that uh, No Fisher and Parkwell Healthcare came under a little bit of pressure. Now it came out with a profit warning and warned about margin pressures and disruptions caused by mm-hmm. uh, no, things are going on in the hospital network at the moment. Do we think we're getting a bit of a sense here as to we might be seeing more of this kind of uh, no, commentary coming through from corporates in the not-too-distant future? Well, it did, but it's ironically, we had two Kiwis this morning, Fisher and Paykel Health as well as Katmandu. And yeah, exactly, it's supply constraints, the cost of freight, and of course, with Fisher and Paykel Health, people are still staying away from hospitals, particularly the side that's related more to, say, discretionary spending, shall we say. The Kiwis are staying away. Way. Let's not forget, like, there's been co- rolling COVID restrictions as well. Mm. We spoke uh, to Milford Asset Management in Auckland. He said, hopefully we're at the peak, but uh, that's certainly been disrupting business as well. Yeah, I really enjoyed our chat with uh, with Milford Asset Management. Uh, always some pretty learned views there coming through. Uh, yeah, and also explaining why the Australian market is, I know, is good home ground advantage at the moment. We know about the commodity side of the mm. equation. Certainly that is helping things here. But, uh, yeah, likes the other uh, local markets. Uh, so you'd have to take a listen and find out why Will is uh, is pretty excited about Aussies prospects relative to other parts you of the world. You don't normally hear a Kiwi talking up Aussie, so that's uh, that's clickbait in and itself. And we're not talking about the Bledisloe Cup here, so <laughs> let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, the local market here is doing pretty well. Uh, look, uh, we're talking about Fisher & Park. We might as well get straight to it. Our stock of the day was that very company, FPH. So Koshi sat down today with Henry Jennings from Marcus Today and Andrew Villant from DP Wealth Advisory. I think I heard him describe them as the dream team. Oh. And, uh, let's see what the dream team came up with. Is Fisher & Park going to go and be considered for the portfolio? The update was not flash, but equally so, you didn't have to be Captain Obvious to figure out that uh, freight costs are going to be an issue. I mean, ResNet also flagged that as well. So from that point of view, the market shouldn't be surprised. And I guess that's probably why the share price, albeit it's off a little bit, it's probably a bit muted. Look, from from my point of view, it's probably a watch because inevitably there'll be, as I said, a round of downgrades um, and you'll see some short-term weakness. But having said all that, if you sort of had your sort of three months hats on, just put a a little list, just keep a bit of an eye on it because it is a quality business. But in the short term, uh, it's going to be uh, under a bit of pressure, I think. So it's a hold. 
can't get excited about this one. I, I used to own ResMed and I sold it out at around 39 bucks. I thought it had gone too hard and too fast. And as I say, if you shop around for the sleep apnea machines, they're all pretty much the same price. 1500 bucks buys you Fisher & Paykel one, a Philips one, a ResMed one, whatever. They make a lot of their money on selling the periphery sort of instruments. I think this one's going to go lower. If it got to 20 bucks, then I'd start to get interested and I think it won't. Uh, be long before it probably gets there. So for me, it's got more downside. It's a sell. Can't argue with its track record, but uh, tough times ahead, particularly Henry Jennings, not uh, liking its outlook. So yeah, not going to be considered for the portfolio on this occasion. And of course, uh, as we just said, it was the bottom of the ladder today because it, it's the two strikes, isn't it? Like forward guidance being slashed due to supply constraints. The markets don't like to hear that at the moment. And last week I wrote a view about uh, you know, the, the potential that we might see a stagflationary period, so higher inflation and, and slower economic growth. Uh, I had a really good chat today with Tim Davies from Holon Global Investments, uh, talking about one of the things I alluded to that could be potential to go and lead to that uh, you know, stagflationary environment for me, which is a bifurcation of the, uh, the world trade and allegiances and the like. So a US-aligned block and a China-aligned block. And potentially what we're seeing at the moment going on in Eastern Europe could be one of those catalysts to go and speed up that process. Uh, really interesting mm. views because it's not the only person I've heard go and speak about this recently. How's, do, you, do you see that as being a potential given all the other geopolitical strains we're seeing at the moment? Well, I mean, you have to say we're, we're being forced to choose an alliance mm. uh, at the moment. And, of course, as you know, with Australia, we've got the Quad and we've got AUKUS. So we're sort of got an anti-China focus, even though they're still our number one exporter. So do you have a security alliance or do you have an economic alliance? And a lot of people are having those thoughts going forward at the moment. It's anti-Russia is a uniting force, but China is not so straightforward. Look, uh, we've got everything covered here on the program as well, the Small Caps program. Uh, we had Nadine go sit down today with uh, Mark Whitaker from Portfolio Mutual uh, and talking about, or Investors Mutual, I should say, uh, talking about those small cap companies that are really primed to go and benefit from a, a rising interest rate environment. So yeah. make sure you take a listen to that one because all things being equal, given what market pricing is saying at the moment, is that interest rates will be going up here in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, it sure is. And as we were discussing on air earlier, like the five-year rate is sitting at two and a half, which coincidentally is what the RBA's long-run target is for the cash rate. So you have to wonder, are we going to get there in 18 months or do we not get there at all? But by and large, interest rates are rising. And of course, small caps sometimes get hammered for absolutely no good reason on a risk off. So listening to Mark, he's certainly got his finger on the pulse when it comes to those small caps. Yeah, they don't have the same level of coverage, of course, in the analyst community. So sometimes unjustifiably gone mm. and sold down. But of course, on the, the other side of the argument, you could say that sometimes not enough scrutiny of those companies. So it does create volatility and we understand why it's a, it's mm. a volatile space. But that does create opportunities on both sides of the equation. Uh, and that one thing that uh, we figure out a lot on the program is narrative. Yeah. One of the narratives is uh, <laughs> at the moment that I heard many people, not only necessarily on this program, but uh, in other parts of you know, the, uh, the market commentary world, was about how the market was rallying. You know, stocks were rallying because the Fed was getting on top of inflation. They were going to take decisive early action to go and 
take action to go and reduce the inflationary threat. But I went and uh, checked out that thesis that I know some people have been talking about. And uh, lo and behold, all the inflation expectation measures out there, so you know, break-even rates, no mm. forward forwards and the like, and consumer inflation expectations all, going con- the wrong way. all continue to go <laughs> higher. So I'm just worrying about this whole thing. Sometimes we try and like, no, we want to know, understand what exactly is going on out there. But sometimes it's uh, just it's much more simple than the other narrative we're trying to go and get. Yeah, I wonder if – and, of course, we're always guilty of it here like uh, across this space, not across here at Osbys. But, you know, we, we want to attach a narrative to every move. And we were we walked in this morning scratching our heads saying, if the Fed's promising six rate hikes by year end and the market rallies thinking they're, they're under control, someone forgot to tell the bond market because mm. everything in the bond market tells you that inflation is running away the the Fed's behind the curve. And in fact, depending on who you speak to, a couple of Kiwis I've spoken to make it sound like, you know, even the RBNZ might be down the demand destruction path in order to get that inflation under control. So the Fed sounds like about at least six months behind, if not more. Yeah. Look, who knows exactly what's going on with the market with their stocks. But I know I spoke to a couple of guys who are going to run multi-billion dollar portfolios, and I'm talking billion, and uh, they were a bit, you know, what is going on in equity mm. land at the moment. So that gives you some insight. Though. These people are very, very seasoned investors. So, yeah, very strange days indeed. It is getting towards quarter end, so potentially that is part of it. But, uh, yeah, strange price action. So if you're going to be dabbling in these markets, be uh, nimble and be quick to go and move if the narrative does go and change, whatever that one is. Uh, look, What's on the focus moving forward? Because we know this week it's been all about you know, central bank speakers and the mm. like. Not a lot of economic data out. We do get Very a few PMI surveys out tomorrow. Is that going to go and turn the dial in any way, which matter? It's it's a tough one. I mean, these we will be hit with flash PMIs, which will take account of the first two weeks of March. So there's an element of geopolitical risk in there. But one thing that we've noticed over the years, PMIs can sometimes just be a reflection of the headline of two weeks ago. And are you really going to make investment decisions, employment decisions, you know, your your uh, inventories, you know, based on a geopolitical risk that at the time is only two weeks old? So of course there'll be passing interest because if they're too weak the market might ignore it but if they're too strong they'll say well it's not not enough geopolitical risk in there so i have my doubts that it will make a lot of difference well, thankfully, coming up on the program tomorrow, we've got a lot of learned individuals who are going to go and give their take as to what is going on in these crazy markets. Martin Wenner, Head of Fixed Income Strategy and FX Strategy, I've got to add that in as well. The Commonwealth Bank will be uh, joining us in the 9 a.m. hour, as will be Elizabeth Tian, uh, City Director of Equities, of course, uh, in the Global View. So mm-hmm. interesting to go and get her slant as to exactly what is going on in that global uh, space. We know the Aussie equity market has been a relative outperformer compared to other parts of the world. Carl McIntyre from Firetrail will also be on the program and uh, yeah looking through the other uh, list here as well I've uh, got uh, no, one name as well Douglas Isles from, uh, from Platinum Asset Management uh, will be also joining China. us in the 3 o'clock so yeah really good insights as to what's going on in China a bit of a contrarian so I know it's that he was feeling a little bit better about that particular uh, nation as an investment well he he walked us through last year when, when the markets were really panicking about this regulatory environment uh, discussing about Chinese companies listed on the US you know all, all that pressure he was just a calm voice throughout saying that you know net net this will just make Chinese stocks more attractive in the long run so we'll just have to see if he still keep calm and carry on when it comes to investing in China. 
Indeed. And uh, look, to go and rat out the uh, the show tomorrow, Claude Walker from A Rich Life. So oh, he's always fun. The small cap guru. Looking forward to going and getting his views as to what's probably a buy, hold and sell or you know, maybe an avoid, avoid, avoid or buy, buy, buy. <laughs> Depending on what, he likes uh, to mix it what, up. what challenge we go and set him over the course of the day. Whatever we know, he will go and rise to the other uh, challenge no matter what. Looking forward to tomorrow already. Annette, uh, thanks for joining me on the show. We'll oh, we, we just about ran the show today. And uh, we'll, of course, we'll be back tomorrow at 8.30. But I must... Confess, I feel a gin and tonic coming on because these markets are a lot of fun. You've got it here first. He's having the gin and tonic. We'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.